Hello, fellow Kentuckians and other friends, and welcome to a new edition of my old Kentucky podcast. This is a special edition. It involves just one thing. It is an interview with Sierra Inlow, the Democratic candidate for commissioner of agriculture. I just recorded with her today is October the 11th. Um, so, you know, this is probably going to come out a couple days after that to give our interview with Kim Reeder a little bit of time to kind of like breathe so that you guys can listen to that one and this, then listen to this one. So hopefully you listen to them both. They're both really exciting people, but we are really very excited to bring Sierra to you. Um, the commissioner of agriculture race is not one the Democrats have contested in several cycles, and she's been running really hard. So we talked to her quite a bit about that. She gave us very, very thorough answers on just about everything we talked to her about. Really, no, everything that we talked to her about. Um, and, and she's really great, guys. I, you know, she mentions it in the episode, but I've actually known her since we were both in college together at the University of Kentucky together. So it was nice to be able to catch up with her about some of that stuff. And, and of course, we've seen each other on the trail and everything. But um, I, we're very excited to bring this to you. I really enjoyed this interview, and I know that you will too. Sierra Inlow is the Democratic nominee for the Commissioner of Agriculture. She's originally from LaRue County and earned degrees from the College of Agriculture at the University of Kentucky. Professionally, she's worked in economic development across the state. This is her first run for elected office. So Sierra Inlow, welcome to my old Kentucky podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm certainly excited to be on here today and excited to to give a little bit of my background to all of your listeners and talk a little bit about this race for Commissioner of Agriculture. Um, Because as you know, this is a race that Democrats have typically forgotten about in Kentucky. And it's something that's certainly important to our issues that face our state. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually exactly where we wanted to start. So, yeah, for, for several cycles. For I mean, honestly, as long as I can remember, which is getting to be a long time at this point, Democrats have really left the commissioner of agriculture race either uncontested or very lightly contested. But you you are running really hard for this seat. You're one of the hardest working people we've seen on the trail so far. So tell us, you know, why you were inspired to do this. Why did you do decide to jump into this race? Yeah, this had been one of my goals to run for Commissioner of Agriculture since I was FFA president in at Lurie County's high school. Um, and Robert, I'm sure that you remember, <laughs> I think I probably told you the first day that we met in college um, that this was going to be a seat that I wanted to run for and was going to make my mission to run for. Um, and it's really because I know how important this race is for rural Kentuckians, and it's become increasingly important for urban Kentuckians. Um, And I knew from my experience growing up in a rural community that Kentuckians need someone to advocate for them. Um, Whether that's a farmer on a farm in Lurie County or that's a consumer that's in West Louisville, there are so many issues that the Commissioner of Agriculture can help solve for Kentuckians um, that we needed someone really strong and really good with in-depth economic development and production agriculture experience um, to be in this role to really help Um, grow things for Kentuckians and really work on some of these issues that are important not only for production agriculture, but also for the consumers in Kentucky, um, because this office truly does touch every Kentuckian. It's not about getting more cows on the farms in Kentucky. Um, It's about how we make a better ecosystem for both our producers and consumers here. Um, And there are a lot of really neat issues that the Commissioner of Agriculture has the capability of working on, um, including food access and food insecurity issues, um, all the way into how do we promote production agriculture and new forms of production agriculture in Kentucky? 
Yeah, no, that's that's great. Uh, th- there was a lot of stuff in that answer, and actually a lot of stuff that we'll get to in, in different questions throughout a, our time to talk today. But but I really appreciated you kind of separating out like agriculture uh, as not necessarily a rural or urban issue as something that touches all Kentuckians, and that's definitely true. I mean, um, not just in terms of production and consumption, but also just like production agriculture occurs both in rural and urban spaces and then also of course consumption takes place anywhere people have to eat or drive their cars or whatever they need to do uh you know all that kind of stuff so um but i did i did kind of want to ask specifically about rural issues i mean you've done a really nice job of explaining how this office goes beyond just rural issues but but of course people tend to associate the commissioner of agriculture's race with rural issues and 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 really agricultural and those rural issues more generally have been kind of overlooked by democrats i think it's fair to say that i I mean some people would probably chafe at that but i mean i feel like it's true uh and and it is definitely true that rural areas have been voting heavily for republicans for for decades at this point um so so you know you are running as a democrat so so what's your vision as a democrat for agriculture and for rural issues uh you know as it differs from maybe a a different version or a republican version for for those issues Yeah, and I think that the impression that we've forgotten about rural Kentucky as a Democrat party comes because we haven't necessarily been talking to rural audiences because we needed the turnout in different areas of the state. Um, But that doesn't mean that the Democrat party has forgotten about rural audiences or doesn't represent their values. And really, this was an opportunity for me to help reconnect um, with those audiences and make sure that we were continuing to talk about the talk about those values and how they are the same as urban voter values. Um, And I think you see the prevalence of Republican voters from rural communities because people feel like they've gotten cover from the Republican Party to be strong Republican voters. Um, And I think it helps to have someone who stands up and says, I want to run for office that looks like them and comes from the same background as them. Um, It's much easier to see yourself being supported by a party when you have a candidate that's coming from a rural area Um, that is actively up there talking about growing up in a rural community, wanting to be involved in that rural community and continuing to drive economic growth for that rural community. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm privileged to be able to bring that to this election cycle, and I'm very excited about it. Um, And it's certainly something that I want to continue. Um, With that being said, I don't necessarily want to talk separately about rural values from urban values because we've spent a lot of time making those distinctions. And one of the things I've tried really hard to do on this race um, is make sure that we are refocusing this particular race for Commissioner of Agriculture on helping every Kentuckian um, and also making sure that every Kentuckian knows that it's an inclusive office for them and that they feel safe with it. Um, Because it also has been something that typically minorities haven't voted for or seen themselves in this office uh, or felt like they have the space within the agriculture industry to get really involved um, in this particular office. And so that's something that we need uh, to continue doing. And that's something that a good commissioner of agriculture should look at being inclusive in this space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, point well taken. You know, it's, it's actually, you know, I, I, I kind of regret my question at this point, because you are exactly right. Like, it is important that every Kentuckian see themselves in these issues, because they are kind of all of our issues. 
Um, but yeah, I also appreciate your answer to the specific question about, uh, especially about rural voters and bringing a, um, you know, a, a, a vision to to uh, people across the state um, for for why they should vote for for, for Democrats. Yeah, no, and, and yeah, you're you're exactly right in terms of like finding a way to to communicate to all all of these folks uh, about our shared values that should you know should override just about just about anything else. Something else you already kind of got into in your first answer is about the Commissioner of Agriculture's job and, and how it is a it's a broad job. It does inv- involve a lot of things. You know, anytime you, you pump your gas, you see the, the uh, Agriculture Commissioner's name on the gas pump or whatever. And there's lots of other stuff as well. Um, it, it's a big job, a much bigger job than might be might be implied by the title. Um, you know, of course, the the agriculture's or the commissioner of agriculture's office has kind of been in, going in uh, the same direction for quite a while at this point. If you are elected, what are some things you like to see the office change? Ways that you would like to take the office in a different direction? Yeah, uh, the commissioner of agriculture really touches again touches every Kentuckian. I always uh, tell people it's kind of like your mom in Kentucky politics that it does everything that you didn't know needed to be taken care of that needs to be taken care of for your day to run efficiently. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, the job really involves everything from really thinking about how we promote our commodity organizations, um, support imports and exports for the state, measure ways and measures, which includes the gas pumps, but also includes um, things like your grocery scales and your doctor scales. The Commissioner of Agriculture is responsible for the official set of Kentucky weights, um, which is a fun fact about the office. And then they also um, are in charge of a lot of safety issues across the state, both from an emergency response function and they, um, something I didn't know until I was running for office, they actually monitor the Chick-fil-A play places and McDonald's play places um, at fast food restaurants where a lot of parents like to take their children. And um, it certainly makes sense that we regulate that, but I didn't know that that fell under the Commissioner of Agriculture's office until very recently. Um, with that being said, we've actually had a lot of good Commissioner of Agriculture's in the state, and we have a lot of Democrat Commissioner of Agriculture's that are still very involved in the industry. Um, so. We have David Boswell, who is a Democrat commissioner, former commissioner of agriculture down in Owensboro, um, heavily involved in both local politics and the agriculture industry. Um, you have Ed Logston, who is in Edmondson County. Um, and then you have Billy Ray Smith down in Bowling Green, who's still heavily involved in 4-H and FFA and helping uh, Kentucky's youth stay involved in the ag industry. Um, we've had some good success in our last Commissioner of Agriculture and Ryan Quarles, and he's done um, some great things to lay the foundation for a really strong platform for agriculture in Kentucky, Uh, but he had a lot of housekeeping things that he had to take care of and really help build that foundation, and as the next Commissioner of Agriculture, I'm really looking forward to, um, pun sort of intended, pouring some gasoline on the fire. Um, to make sure that this industry keeps growing in Kentucky and is really where it needs to be for the future of Kentucky agriculture, um, not maintaining the status quo for that. Um, One of those things is the transparency with our ag development funds. And we've done a great job with our ag development funds, so we can't really tell that story because we don't have full access to data points and where these funds are being allocated across the state. Um, whether or not they're going to minority farmers, how many new farmers are they introducing into the industry. Um, And I'm looking forward to making sure that there's some transparency in what those ag development funds look like. The other main issue that we're going to run into from a commissioner of agriculture base is that we 
have really been underpaying the talent that we have within the Department of Agriculture. Um, and we're going to have to really think about how we ramp up those pay scales to make sure those employees are getting paid for the quality of work that they're doing. And I'm looking forward to going and being the fighter for them, to advocating for the, the appropriations from the state budget to really make that a reality for them. Because that's something that we can't keep expecting people to do such good work while underpaying them. Yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff in that answer. Uh, a lot of names I hadn't heard in a very long time. I think David Boswell ended up in the state house after he was commissioner of agriculture. State Senate, I think. Yeah, okay, state Senate. I mean, it was the state legislature on some level. And yeah, you mentioned our, our, our time together going back quite a ways. I remember going to visit his office and doing some lobbying when I was in college. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, and it is kind of interesting, too. Like, we used to have so many um, commissioner of agriculture on the Democratic side that came from Western Kentucky. Uh, that is kind of, you know, maybe more of an agricultural part of the state potentially i mean there's like you know, again there is agriculture across the state that's a point you've continually made uh so maybe i shouldn't have said that but uh that all being <laughs> said you know the past several uh commissioners of agriculture have gone on to run for for more partisan offices you know uh, james comer of course is now um <laughs> maybe the most partisan person in the state of kentucky leading you know the weird impeachment inquiry and Joe Biden. And then of course, Ryan Corals uh, did run for, uh, you know, governor, which is a more partisan office and ended up coming in second in the Republican primary. But while they served as commissioner of agriculture, they, they, they were noted as having some bipartisan and nonpartisan success and, and really built a lot of their reputations as, as, uh, you know, hard workers on that kind of uh, background. So, you know, that this is an office that does require a lot of reaching across the aisle, a lot of working with everybody in government. So you know, how do you see yourself doing that? How, you, how do you see yourself working with, with uh, re- Republicans and, and, of course, and Democrats, uh, everybody, uh, as the commissioner of agriculture? Yeah, um, and Robert, you know that they actually asked me this question on the KEP debate last on Monday night of this week. And what I really want to stress is that I'm running on an agenda that's very pro-business and very um, much about smart decisions for Kentuckians. And and I would like to think that a Republican um, elected official would get on board with that. Um, we're not talking about making radical changes based off of a national agenda here. We are talking about truly making economic decisions for farmers that are based in numbers and and for you know consumers in Kentucky that are based in numbers and are smart, efficient policies. And that's really where I want to start this conversation because I think that when we're talking about bipartisan support, it's about talking about that shared value of making sure that we're putting smart policies in place and we're protecting Kentuckians. And I intend to keep my conversation focused on that. It's not going to be focused on a national platform. Um, This race is truly about Kentuckians, and this office is truly about Kentuckians. And I'm working very hard to make sure that that message is heard on both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. Yeah, I I will admit to you that when there's only one candidate there for those KET debates, I do tend to skip them. And since you were the only person there, uh, you know, your opponent decided not to show up. Uh, I I have it recorded. I will I will go back and watch it because you asked me to do that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you were there all by yourself there on Monday. Uh, That's that's uh, tough, tough for your opponent. Yeah. Um, you know, well, this... and I think people, Robert, I do want to pause you in this conversation because I think it's important that people note that he was not there. Um, he made a priority to show up to the Farm Bureau Meet the Candidates Forum the next morning, uh, but could not make it a priority for to be there to talk to all Kentuckians on KET. 
Um, and that should be an issue in this race. And it should be something that people are, you know, taking a look at and asking why he wasn't there. And the answer is that he was at a baseball game uh, because he made that point very clear for the Farm Bureau meet the candidates debate, um, as opposed to, again, attending what should have been a well-televised statewide debate um, for every Kentuckian to hear his views on subjects. Yeah, you know, those KET debates are are really important. They are a way to get those things across, and it, it really is telling. I do think it is really telling uh, when people don't show up to it. So, yes, very important to note that, anybody that's uh, undecided in this race for sure. Um, you know, this is your first run for office, and you're running statewide. You're having to run across the entirety of Kentucky. Um, and, you know, like we mentioned at the, the beginning, you're running really hard. You're trying really hard to win this race. Um, tell us what you've learned as you've been traveling throughout Kentucky. Uh, you know, how how has this race gone? Is there anything that you've observed that you thought was interesting or, or different than you might have expected? Uh, you know, how, what, have, what have you learned on the trail this year? <laughs> um, and I've had a... I've been across the state quite a bit with my work with Cooperative Extension and USDA and just um, growing up in Kentucky, I was really uh, particular about making sure I saw different parts of the state. Um, So I certainly have a lot of experience being statewide in Kentucky. I also have a lot of experience being statewide on races in Kentucky. This is not my first statewide race that I've worked on. Um, It is certainly not my um, first campaign that I've worked on. I actually had forgotten that I'd worked for some candidates um, while I've been on the campaign trail, and they had to remind me that I was out there um, working for them. Um, so my experience in Kentucky politics is very diverse and very much covers the entire state. Um, with that being said, I think the most interesting part about this race is, has been watching my staff learn about Kentucky. Um, and get to interact and learn about different people across the state of Kentucky. Um, because it is different, and we have different communities across the state, and I'm fortunate to have worked in a lot of those different communities over my career, so I have a very intimate knowledge of them. Um, but it's neat to see, um, to be reminded what that was like the first time I got exposed to those communities and to see what people's um, impressions of them are. Um, and it's been fascinating to see what redevelopment looks like across the state. You know, I was down in Henderson on a Thursday night, and it was fantastic to see the downtown very vibrant and busy um, as a result of the community leaders down there um, really putting in a lot of effort to make sure that that um, was a priority for their community. I think it's also been really cool to see how agriculture changes across the state and how the conversation changes. Um, it's been one of the challenges of the campaign to narrow down our main issues that we're talking about just because this office truly does touch every Kentuckian in a different way. Um, and it's something that really does change um, as you're looking at different areas of the state. Um, so I may be talking about food access in a county like Trimble County that doesn't have groceries or West Louisville, um, but I might be talking about you know, how we're supporting our corn and soybean farmers as we're in Western Kentucky um, or our poultry farmers, and then talking about woodlands and farmers markets in Eastern Kentucky. And it's neat to be able to have that diverse background of knowledge and experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it is it is always exciting to, to watch people learn about the state, especially, you know, traveling with people who are in a new area, especially if they're already from Kentucky or, or you know, haven't traveled widely throughout the state. I, I did want to kind of circle back to something you had said and ask a follow-up question, which is that, you know, you did mention um, you have done a lot of work um, in, in a lot of statewide races, and it's work, you know, I, I've seen, I, I know a lot of people have seen it before. It's got to be different, though, with your name at the top of the ticket. Like, you have a staff, you have people that you're working for, you're speaking on 
on behalf of yourself. Um, given all your campaign experience, you know, working on people's staffs, working, uh, you know, answering questions on behalf of other people, how is it different when you're in some of these forums speaking, you know, for yourself about, be, you know, becoming, uh, running for an office yourself as opposed to, to, you know, doing the work on behalf of somebody different? Um, I don't actually know that it's all that different. So when you're working as a campaign staffer, you're speaking on behalf of your candidate. And when you're a candidate, you're speaking on behalf of Kentuckians. And so, you know, you are always trying to think about what's best and what's the best way to present information in the strongest and more most logical way. And while you, the roles are a little bit different, I think that you're always representing someone in those roles um, and representing different groups. And so I would say that they're a lot more alike than you think. Um, I will tell you what is different as a candidate versus a staffer is attending Fancy Farm. Um, it's so much easier to go to Fancy Farm <laughs> yeah. as a candidate than it is to go as a staffer. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. So you say it's easier to go as a candidate. Yeah. Really? No, okay. So you, don't I, to, you don't have to sit amongst the Republicans, I guess? Yeah, well, and it, it's, um, you know, you're spending so much more time. Um, trying to get all the logistics worked out and uh, skipping ahead of your candidate and making sure everything goes smoothly when you're a staffer. Um, as a candidate, you really get to enjoy the fancy farm experience because you're, you know, you're getting to meet people and you're interacting with people and your focus is on making sure that you're listening to those people as opposed to thinking about all the logistical details. I, I see. <laughs> I see what you're saying. No, that that's really interesting though because you know I just the the thing that I see the most most years I don't go down there every year um is just the speeches and it just seems so hard to get up there in front of people who are yelling at you and try to stay focused and make a speech. But I guess it is just you know whatever five minutes that you get to make a speech as opposed to an entire several months of trying to plan the event and getting everybody there. That makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. the speeches are difficult, and I. Um, fortunately have a lot of debate practice and I think I've put myself in a lot of good situations to practice public speaking and not to say that I don't get nervous and, um, but it is you don't actually when you're on stage I would say out of the speeches I gave while um, on my way to Fancy Farm and at events leading up to Fancy Farm the Fancy Farm speech was the easiest um, it's really you can't really hear anything while you're the candidate on stage um, because everyone's yelling and it's kind of all blending together. So you're in some ways in sort of a bubble when you are there for, you know, giving your actual Daisy Farm speech. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I I do remember your speech from this year. You did acquit yourself well. So, um, you know, maybe it won't maybe you'll be back soon. Uh, we, at least we hope so. Um, okay, so yeah. so during during these uh, executive branch office races that happened this year, you know, uh, you know, every four years, the year before the presidential election, uh, you know, the the race for governor just sucks up so much o uh, oxygen, which is not really anybody's fault, right? It's just that it's the most important, you know, race on the ballot. It's the top of the ticket. It's uh, you know the thing that people pay the most attention to. You know, it's it's got to be tough to kind of break through and, and to get people to think about or or to vote for you as a commissioner of agriculture, um, you know, or, or to just talk about your race separate from the governor's race. How have you been able to do that? What are you doing to try to make your own mark uh, on this election? Um, there are a few things I've been working on, but honestly, I do want to give um, a compliment to the governor's team. I, again, have worked on a lot of statewide races, and I think this gubernatorial team has done a really good job of helping support down-ballot candidates in the coordinated race. Um, it certainly has been, we've had a lot of resources allocated to us through KDP. They've put us on their WAF literature. 
um, as they're out canvassing. And those things are really important to note and be thankful for um, because we don't have good, strong town ballots without a successful top of the ticket. With that being said, I've been working really hard to make sure that I'm separating myself and creating my own space to talk about the Commissioner of Agriculture race. And that's worked in a couple of different ways. We have um, really been focused on having small fundraising events so that people can learn about the Commissioner of Agriculture race and have the opportunity to ask questions about this race and my policies um, and what I'd like to do in the office. And that's been really successful and it has allowed us to be competitive in our fundraising to um, what is described in the Republican Party as a little um, a rising star with a little R. And so it's something that that is notable in this race. And we, it's been a long time since we've had a commissioner of agriculture candidate that has been competitive with a Republican candidate for fundraising. Um, the other thing that I've worked really hard on in this race and I'm really proud of is we've been attending a lot of events that typically Democrat candidates don't go to. And um, we've been to a lot of farm to table events. We've been to a lot of rotary events. We've been to a lot of chamber of commerce events um, because these audiences and particularly as I'm running as a pro-business Democrat and really focused on economic development issues are really important in the conversation. And I think sometimes um, in past election cycles, we've got caught up in rallying Democrats that are part of our echo chambers and not thinking about the Democrats that are outside those echo chambers. And so we've worked really hard to make sure that we're talking to those Democrats as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's definitely been noticed. I mean, I think it has been something. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, you're one of the, the candidates that people mention the most, uh, at, at, besides the governors, as knowing they're actually running. So, you know, you've got to be doing something. So that's, that's definitely, it's definitely good. Um, but, you know, you, you did talk a little bit about the slate already and, and the, the other Democrats that are on the ticket with you and, and especially the governor with, with in, in the coordinated campaign and everything. But, but tell us a little bit about the slate that you're part of. Um, how you feel about about the Democrats' chances uh, in this year, uh, and, and just in general, like what's it like running on a team like this? Does it feel like a team? Does it feel like it, you're part of a group? Um, and and how has all that been going? Yeah, it certainly feels like I'm part of a group, and I think that our slate's been very good at talking to each other and including each other into conversations, flagging events for each other, and making sure that communications are strong. Um, I will say that I think that this race is going better in Kentucky than any other election cycle. It feels much different at this time it, than it has in previous election cycles and even previous election cycles in which Democrats have you know, succeeded really well. Um, it feels like Andy Brashear is bringing a lot of celebrity to this race, and, and, and it looks so different when he has a rally and when he has an event than it has in previous election cycles. Um, and it obviously looks different from a lot of the Republican events. There's a lot more excitement um, when we have a coordinated event and when Andy is out on the campaign trail than there is for Republican candidates. And I think you're going to see that at the polls. Um, I do want to caution everyone that don't take anything for granted. Um, and, it, you know, make sure that you're not only bringing yourself to the poll on Election Day, but encouraging 10 of your friends to get to the polls on Election Day because, even though it feels that way and I'm in that space where I'm getting a different feeling for this election, um, it is very important that everyone stays very active till the end of this race. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's exactly right. I, I mean, I, I appreciate you saying that. It's something that we try to drive home in the show every week uh, as we talk about, you know, there, there's 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 good news out there, but, you know, we've seen good news and had bad results before, so definitely not, not a time to take your foot off the gas for sure. Um, what is it? Uh, you know, I, I, one of my favorite political rallies of all time, I, Joe B. Hall was giving a speech for Steve Bashir, uh, and he said, uh, you know, in, in every monster movie, right as soon as you turn the back, the monster comes back to life and tries to stab you in the back. So <laughs> that's that's uh, that that is definitely true this year as well. Um, well, Sierra, thank you so much for being with us. As people, uh, you know, are winding down this race as they're trying to find ways to get involved before Election Day, how can people learn more about you or get involved in your race specifically? Sure. Um, certainly if they want to reach out on our social media channels or if they want to visit SierraInlow.com, um, my website, um, would love to have them get involved. Um, and I do want to make sure that we're making that we're giving one last talking point to your listeners today um, so that they can talk to their friends about this race, because that's been the difficult part is having um, people who haven't learned about this race know what talking points to tell their friends um, about why they should be involved, interested in the Commissioner of Agriculture race. And what I tell everyone is, again, that the Commissioner of Agriculture touches every Kentuckian. Um, but there's also uh, something unique about me as a candidate and something that I think makes a difference in this race, because you do truly need two things to be a good commissioner of agriculture. You need production agriculture experience and business experience. And I'm bringing both of those to the table, and my opponent is only bringing one. Um, and that's you know, makes a competitive argument for this race, and it helps provide background as people are talking about this race and telling their friends about it. Um, happy to you know, answer any questions that people want to submit on social media or on the website, um, but certainly would love to make sure that people are getting the right talking points and talking about this race with their friends. All right, everybody, you've heard uh, your orders now from, from Sierra, so go out and do it. Make it happen. Uh, Sierra Inlow, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you being here. Okay, well, thank you, Robert, for inviting me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all again in the future. Absolutely. Okay, that's it for today with Sierra Inlow. Of course, you guys can find us on Facebook and X, <laughs> Twitter at MyOldKYPod. You can uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast or the podcasting app of your choice. You can find our occasional newsletter at tinyletter.com slash MyOldKentuckyNewsletter. And you can support us on Patreon at MyOldKYPod for uh, you know as little as a dollar a month. So please, please do that if you're inclined to do so. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week.